0: to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 31. On today's episode, Livia and I chat about the last two weeks. Um, Our sister Anna has Had major heart surgery um, and we talk about how that went, um, the experience we had um, and what we learned from it and God only wants good things for us even when they seem like total confusion, suffering, um, a, a real blow, something that we didn't expect If we really look hard even if it hurts it's more often than not what is exactly what we need Um, and to see that there is goodness there Um, I hope you enjoy our chat yes maybe I get a bit emotional I don't know (laughs) but I needed tissues so you might too Thanks for sticking around and listening to us. I hope you enjoy it and share it with a friend. Have a good week. Bye. Morning Liz. How are you?
1: Good morning. I'm sitting with my back to the sun and a coffee in my hand. Hi. I'm I'm very, I'm very grateful. <laughs> I've, I've just slotted you in. I've got 45 minutes before I have to leave.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let's hit it. Um, we haven't been on for a while. There's been a few things on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Um, our sister as most of you know, has been um quite ill with, I actually. Really couldn't give you the definition of what she has I know i c I know it's a floppy valve, but yeah go, go ahead she had um two two of her heart
1: valves were at critical cool level of function, so they weren't functioning pretty much, so she had to have a um double valve replacement or repair in the end mm-hmm. um but because of um she has lupus, it was very complicated. Yeah. And I think just the whole process was um a lot more complicated uh, than anyone even the doctors anticipated and the operation was a lot longer than expected and the recovery seems to have been a lot a hell more of a hell of a lot longer. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so we uh we wanted to talk about um our experience with Anna and with suffering and with vulnerability and just with the the connection that you get when somebody is suffering, I have heard it described before as being like um, a a kind of we suffer together. Like it's 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 an inc- it kind of draws you in, and yeah. I totally felt that. Um, so mm-hmm. let's let's go back to the beginning when Mum and Dad had she the operation went much longer. Anticipated, and we were waiting to hear all day for hours and hours Mm and mum and dad finally got to see her and we didn't get much from them did we
1: (laughs) no no it was um it takes a lot to silence dad and and he was silenced and that shocked us so we knew it was um we knew she didn't look good um, we knew it was bad. And we knew we weren't sure of the outcome because, one, the doctors didn't say much, but also mum and dad's reaction from how she looked just sort of, yeah.
0: Cemented our greatest fears, I suppose. Yeah. But can I just go back quickly because I think
1: it's um, apt. Um, her her operation was scheduled for five days before it actually happened and at yeah. the last minute the doctor um, had to cancel because he had an emergency overseas. Um Anyway, we were just gutted for this poor girl because everything, all the tests leading up to it had to be rescheduled. You know, it just kept being put off and off and off. And um, and I remember just saying when she told me, because I'd visited her that day and, and then she said, oh, my goodness, I've just got a call and now they're putting it off till next Monday. And I was driving back home and I just thought, God, why? What on earth, you know, why is this happening? Anyway, I don't know what made me do it, but I, I thought there's got to be a reason. And I Googled um, whose feast day it was on this new date. Mm. And um, and it, as you know, it was St. Lupus. And Anna has lupus, which is the biggest complication in this whole operation. Um, but it was just like, I thought, gosh, God's got a sense of humor.
0: You know, I'd never mm. even heard of St. Lupus. He's he's always um, on time, but it's never our time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, so let's get back to it. it. So,
1: yeah, so we, mum and dad went that first night, um, as we just said, and then you and myself and mum went the following morning um, just because we wanted to be there. When she woke up, she was kept in an induced coma for 24 hours because um, just to help her, to give her time to recover. And um, when we got there, she had been awake for about an hour Um, they had woken her out of the coma but she was still intubated so she still had all the tubes down her throat the oxygen mask their all the straps holding her tongue down everything she was still as if she was in the operation um, except her eyes were open and Mm. it was so so confronting Mm. I will never I'll just live with that image for a long time I think
0: yeah I mean as as you all, who whoever has known Anna has always known Anna to be very well put together, very um, beautiful inside and out. Her hair was always immaculate. Um, she always did everything right. If the sign said don't walk on the grass, she most certainly wouldn't have walked on the grass. And you and I would run through it. <laughs> <laughs> um she she was always popular. She was always she always got things right. She was clever, and I always felt like this little um fat sidekick that um was shuffling along trying to keep up beside her. <laughs> it's so not true, but anyway, <laughs> no, no no no, it was very true. You you weren't there to see it. You didn't have to live in my shoes, Olivia. Um, I don't regret it, but I'm just saying. Um. She always seemed to get things right and things never really went wrong for her. Like even looking back at Christmas time, we both got porcelain dolls one year and whose should smash? (laughs) Mine, not hers. (laughs) She always got the pink outfit. I was always in blue. Oh, too funny. This is like a therapy session, I reckon. Keep going. I'm listening. (laughs) I'm just venting. No, um, but she always she always had it together. Um, she always had boyfriends. I mean, we had a, a tennis coach that re- came religiously every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, rain, hail or shine. And we realised why after, because Anna couldn't hit a ball to save her life. <laughs> but he was there for her. not for us we're trying trying to volley and get it in (laughs) to get his attention no no he was there for Anna pretty much (laughs) She ended up dating him
1: (laughs) Uh, too funny Uh. Uh,
0: so I painted that picture Uh, school she cruised through school you know nothing was um, I know I'm painting this really really good picture of her I'm sure she suffered a lot and struggled she, she actually like you know
1: didn't cruise through school. She worked a butt off, but like
0: Yeah, but she, she everything she
1: did it. it. Like everything, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, all right. I take a <laughs> few sentences back. <laughs> in my mind, that the sister 18 months behind her viewing it was always, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um so when we walked into that uh bay in the ICU unit, seeing Anna lying there completely Not herself, completely swollen. She was connected up to like six different machines. She had tubes. She had cannulas. You name it, she had it coming out of her. Mm. Um, It was was extremely confronting, but it was also very, very, very sacred. Mm. I felt such, there was this beauty that came out of her which I had never, ever experienced in my life. She was as far away from what society would deem as beautiful. She was definitely not ready for the catwalk. Um, <laughs> but I, I can't, I mean, we all felt it. She was mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think because she was totally and utterly surrendered to what God wanted of her and yeah. vulnerable. She was at the mercy of of us. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I agree. And
1: and in the days leading up, she, as you said, she was um, open to the mercy of God and, you know, whatever he wanted for her, even if it meant taking her in that operation. But, um, you know, we all sort of thought, oh, she'll be fine. She'll get through this. I didn't even really consider the other option. Um, but seeing her so vulnerable, um, like you could tell, you could see she was struggling you know yeah. the tears rolling down her cheeks and mm. the swollen face
0: and and she was desperate to communicate with us yeah uh, she was like you could see in her eyes she couldn't speak because she had tubes down her throat and her tongue was tied and she was frothing and mm. it was it was extremely confronting but she um she was you know desperate to communicate and she was we kind of motioned that she wanted a pen and paper at one point um, and she went over, oh, she didn't go over the nurse brought over a pen and paper, and she finally was able to tell us what she wanted and the she only wanted she only wrote down two she scribbled two things, and we could finally read it, and it said i'm thirsty mm. and it was like a, a pierce in the heart because she was so cruciformed, she was so like Christ, so vulnerable, so um, humiliated, so um, surrendered to the will of God that it was like Christ speaking, I thirst. I, mm-hmm. I mean, we brought, we, the three of us looked at each other and I think um, the floodgates opened if they hadn't already <laughs> opened before then. <this>. Yep, yep. <laughs>
1: I could see my mum couldn't even look at us. I couldn't look at her. Oh, dear. I could barely look at Anna. (laughs) Yeah. But like, and then it went on. Remember the nurse gave me a tiny little stick, a little bamboo stick with the weeniest little sponge on the end to put on her lips. And that was like, you know, more analogies. It was like the hyssop stick. Like it was Mm. just Mm. one thing after the next, after the next. But I I think what... um, Really shook us to our core was having that moment of being three women, you know, connected to each other, or four women, including Anna, mm-hmm. um, and just being there to support her and each other. Mm-hmm. And I think over the last two weeks we've discussed that a lot. How you know this—the power of women when we come together—and
0: we learn so much from each other. I mean, Edith Stein, who is now Saint Benedicta of the Cross, says. The woman's soul is fashioned as a shelter in which other souls may unfold, and anna's soul anna's um wounded heart her her bleeding heart taught us so much, and I think we are we can we're not only connected intellectually but we kind of live through and I think there is so much that can happen and does happen if we're open to it if we're if we're aware of it between women. In suffering, in commu—you know—in communion, in connection, in—in in that um, one oneness, if 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 I make myself yeah. clear, um, you know, sometimes good things hurt, and this hurt, this hurt a lot. It hurt uh, her primarily, but it hurt us. But you learn through those, um, yeah. But I think wounds. I think-
1: Yeah, I think you're right that, um, excuse me, Brene Brown also said that, and I love this, um, that vulnerability is not weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. And, you know, we have to have the courage to be imperfect, to be our authentic selves. And and that, in doing that, we're being vulnerable. But I suppose vulnerability is a risk. And Mm -hmm. um, we have to risk being... Being hurt physically, emotionally, you know through like physical, obviously, but like emotionally through criticism or judgment, but in order like in putting that risk forward in being vulnerable, you open up pathways
0: for deeper connection with people as well, um, mm. allowing others in I think exactly. that that was so special because mm. um, she she allowed us the opportunity to be. Um, there with her, mm. and I know that kind of cost her a lot, but it gave mm. us, it it taught us so much. Yeah, um,
1: I um, can I just um, yeah, just I mean, we'll get back to Anna obviously, but like another analogy is like a a student with a teacher. In order for a student to learn, they have to be vulnerable and be able to tell a teacher, "Look, I'm I don't understand this." Mm. Um. And then it's the same with husbands. If they're having a bad time at work, you know, to be able to offload that onto us and just, and you know, talk about how they're feeling, and vice versa. Yeah, um, wives with husbands. If we're having a bad time at work, the kids to be vulnerable enough to to tell another person how you feel. Yeah. Um, but um, you're right. She she laid Anna laid her. <laughs> herself on the line um, physically and emotionally and let us take up the slack. And that was really beautiful. That was a risk she took and, and That's it was okay. a gift
0: she gave us. Yeah. Total gift. Okay. Mm. I just see it as a gift. Mm. Um, but I think, I think it has to be, um, you've got to be open to that because otherwise you could see it as, as, as immense suffering and, pain and why is God doing this and um but I think it's a total mind shift to see that mm. he only wants good things for us he allows pain but it is it's, it's for our good mm. um you know like when you, when um I think trusting God I think that's kind of where it comes in trusting that he's not going to hurt us and that this is for our good and for her good um it's like a doctor you know he he gives you medicine or he gives you a needle, but you're not there um angry at him because you trust that he's doing that to make us better. He's doing that for benefit. um yeah. do we have that same understanding when it comes to suffering from God um, if,
1: if yeah no, it and, does i mean um. I think you know Jesus's story is a story of humanity you know he's his 33 years on earth you know and in a, in that story we witness true suffering for the love of other people yeah um and to be able to I've always said that Christ um asks his tough his strongest soldiers to fight his toughest battles and share in that cross with him and you know you do you look around at the people you know who have really suffered and um, have done it in love. Like recently we lost Andy Watson and, you know, a young guy with cancer and um, you see Anna suffering, but the good she's done through it. Like I remember that first day when she was still intubated and um, I think we were just so shocked and we we couldn't talk to, her, well, she couldn't talk back to us, but I remember whispering to her through the tears, um, Anna, in the in the time you've been in this coma... One of the things you were praying for has come to fruition, and she got all teary, Mm. and her heart rate rate went through the roof, and the nurse ran over and told her to slow down her breathing, and um, but and we all got lost the plot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but just uniting herself with Christ on on the cross, you could really sense that she did that. Yeah, I don't know, you could really sense her holiness and I know holiness can have negative connotations but it was there like
0: yeah can I read this actually now that you've said that um I'm reading The Other Side of Beauty by Leah Darrow because I was struck by Anna's beauty uh and it wasn't physically beautiful um so I pulled this book off the shelf that I have had sitting there for a while (laughs) I Mm -hmm. must admit (laughs) I haven't read it um and it says here every single one of us is called to live a beautiful life but as we know by now, that doesn't mean we are all called to be runway models. If we had to sum up with one word what a life of beauty looks like, it would be holiness. What does that mean? Holiness isn't a very popular word since it's often used to describe holier than now sorts of people. But holiness basically means like God. If we are holy to any degree, we are like God. And since God is the embodiment of love and beauty, Holiness is a life where we are singly-mindedly in pursuit of love and beauty of God himself. While our paths to holiness may all look different, the call of every Christian is the call to holiness. Beauty rooted in holiness will never fade. While our physical appearance may lose its luster from our younger years, the beauty of holiness has the potential of growing more brilliant with age. And I just felt that Anna was so... I'm not going to say ugly but so yeah. so removed from anything aesthetically beautiful like she it wasn't beautiful the whole thing the whole experience the whole look but she's never been more beautiful like it was mm. I just keep going back to that you know beauty is something that draws you in and I was totally drawn into her in her mm. mess in her mess mm-hmm. and I think that's how God sees us like I I probably I'm sure I look worse than than the frothing mouth yeah (laughs) to God but he's drawn to me because he loves me and because he sees beauty in me yeah and you like everyone yeah it so spoke to me Mm.
1: yeah no I agree I agree (laughs) no I was just going to say um you know, we have to strive for beauty, truth and goodness. Mm. And she embodied all of that. Mm. You know, like
0: in in a paradoxical kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. In an upside down way. Mm. Yeah. Um but that's how Anne Boskamp calls the upside down kingdom. Like everything is turned upside down. Like it's not what you think, you know. Um God God this kind of life is not it might be um it might be beautiful, but it's not aesthetically beautiful like and you don't fear like we fear more the thought of suffering than actually suffering
1: <laughs> mm. yeah it's ouch, yes, sorry <laughs> um
0: yeah, I agree people do
1: people you know totally fear suffering, mm. and that's natural as well that's that's normal yeah. um but um our auntie I was just with her yesterday actually and she said to me I don't know we must have been talking about Anna but um, she said as a young girl someone told her because she had a tough life and Mm. someone told her that um, you have to thank God for your crosses for you know the struggles in life and she she said I just thought she was nuts like she had rocks in her head but she said it wasn't until later in life that I realized that God was giving me the opportunity to share in his cross and and, like, in reality, it's scary to be asked to do that and to suffer is scary. It's frightening. Um, there's nothing fun about it. Um, but, it, you know, I suppose it should feel like an honour to sharing God's cross. If he asks you to do that, he obviously holds you in high esteem because he'll never give you more than you can handle. Mm. But um, in reality, it's frightening.
0: Yeah.
1: And it takes a special person.
0: Yeah, but it it takes a surrender person. He doesn't love Anna more than he loves you or I or the person down the street or my neighbour. But she is more open to the graces that he gives everybody if we're open to them. And that's why she can bear these things so beautifully. Mm. Um, They're all there for the taking. You can't stockpile grace, I was reading this morning it is at that present moment if you if you surrender to it you will have it Um, so there's no you shouldn't fear about the future or worry about your past just live in the moment and accept what it is for how it is and and rely on the graces to get through it Mm. um can i also say one other thing um because we we kind of got this time with anna anna as some of you know, um, is a numery in Opus Dei, which means that she has dedicated her life to Christ. She doesn't get married, and she lives. She doesn't live. Uh, she lives in a community. Um, but so when she joined twenty two years ago, she um, kind of left. our 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 kind of paths separated. We live different lives. We didn't, um, not that we didn't have time for each other, but our lives were different. I was caught up in a very young, busy, vibrant young family and new marriage, and she was um, dedicating herself to her vocation, um, and we didn't see much of each other. And I, I want you to talk about what you, how you experienced that, Liv, Mm.
1: well I think you're right like she has a lay vocation to the church so she still um, works in the world as an occupational therapist but she um, dedicates her life to helping others find Christ and circumstantially we had families and she didn't so you and I you know when when you were teenagers you and Anna were very close because you were close in age and then um, and I was closer to our brother because we were close up but then you and I had kids together so our lives sort of merged um, merged and um <laughs> more like more like collided <laughs> my our husband still can't believe we're on the phone three times a day um he often says what on earth do you talk about anyway um but yeah i just i don't think it's that we lost her like you know but we just circumstantially our lives were different mm-hmm. and we haven't had the opportunity to spend the time with her that we have with each other. Mm. And um, it's not that I never felt angry about it. I think I was probably, I've been sad about it at times. Um, You know, I suppose not having children together and things like that. But I I think it's just more the time factor. We haven't, Mm. you know, like you and I catch up well, multiple times on the phone, but at least every second week we're together. And despite me living with living around the corner from Anna and, you know, I see her probably once a week, maybe once every two weeks as well, but it is always with another person, mm. you know, whether it's with mum and dad or the rest of the family or friends or whatever. I cannot remember the last time I had time with her alone. Are you there? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Um. Yeah. So, is that what you f- feel as well? Is that what? Yeah.
0: Feel? So I um, I felt that I hadn't. I mean, Anna and I we were as thick as thieves. We grew up together. I kind of lived in her shadow, <laughs> as I've <laughs> as I've said. Um. But um, from the age of twenty two, it was you know. We, we, our lives separated and I did feel a loss. Um, I wasn't angry, I I must admit, but I was. Mm. We, her friends were my friends. We were, you know, we were inseparable. And then all of a sudden she was gone and sitting there, you know, you and I took shifts, you know, 13 hour shifts being by her bedside. And I was just there. Not much talking went on. Uh, I was lots of um, telling her that there weren't headless men sitting next to me on the chair, and there weren't spiders really? crawling up her arms or cockroaches. Or the the rock the rock band she was hearing was definitely in her head and not in the ICU unit. She was so delirious. <laughs> yeah. um, but I was there for her and just holding her hand and feeding her ice chips. And mm. I was, I was just, there, there wasn't much communicating, but it was so beautiful. And I was just I saying, what are you teaching me here, God? Like, there's definitely a lesson here for me. What is it? And I, he didn't tell me right away. I just still sat there warding off, <laughs> you know, headless men and <laughs> spiders. And <laughs> um, I was driving home that night and I said, you you haven't told me yet. What, what was, what was I learning today? You know, what was the last 13 hours all about or the last, you know, 48 hours, pretty much. It was pretty intense. And I just had this overwhelming sense of, he wanted me to know that it was presence being Mm. present to her. Mm. You didn't have to have words and I didn't have to have an agenda. I just had to be present and I burst into tears and I realised that the um, I hadn't audibly said that I had missed her or, um, she, you know, I regretted her not being in my life, but he obviously knew that that was on my heart. And he, I felt that I, he was telling me, I haven't taken her away from you. She's always been there. You just have to be present to her. And I'm giving you this opportunity to be present to her. And it did take 22 years, but he gave it to me. And it was so beautiful. I howled all the way home (laughs) like I am now. Yeah, thanks. Me too. (laughs) But Um, I just think that that was the gift and that was the beauty, this transformative beauty that was radiating out of her was being able to see the gift of presence and to be there and to have it was restorative, if I can use that word. It was so beautiful.
1: That's very eloquent. <laughs> um, now, I, I couldn't agree more. I remember um, just in the days before she went in, um, catching up with her, and I thought it was just going to be us, and I was so grateful because I haven't caught up with her for so long. Anyway, um, one of her friends ended up joining us, which was lovely, But and Dad, no show without punch. Dad turned <sighs> up as well. Um, (laughs) he's always there, he's always there, but you know, we had a beautiful morning, the four of us, but then afterwards I thought, Oh, I missed it again. I missed my chance of, you know, having, having her on my own.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, and, and the same as you, I got the next day, I got 12 hours with her.
0: Yeah. It's so, it's so special. Oh, you're going too. (laughs) I've got to go out.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, I think, excuse me, um, you know, we didn't say a lot to each other. She couldn't really talk for a week. But I think you're right, just being there.
0: But I think um, the world doesn't need what women have. It needs what women are. And women are... (sighs) we're we're protectors of life we're we're like the gatekeepers of life we we bring life into the world and we're, more often than not we're the ones that um let life go we're there when when life returns um to the heavenly home um we understand that um that that nearness that connection that the need for proximity and community and 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 each other. I think it heals so many wounds and, and women, I think more than ever need to restore that beauty in that femininity because once they restore that, they can restore their families. They can restore their churches. They can restore their marriages. They can restore their neighborhood. Like it's, it's so transformative. Yeah. But it begins with us ourselves.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I was just. I, I agree, totally agree. Um, despite what it sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was just so grateful. I thought, all in God's time, you know.
0: Hmm. Yeah. For
1: ages, I hadn't had that time with her, and then all of a sudden, he gave it to me, and it was like a slap in the face, like.
0: No, no it wasn't it, a slap no, no, it was no, a I total embrace
1: a, a gentle <laughs> caress no but like like the the not the the
0: contrast
1: no what i mean by a slap in the face like it hit me like oh my gosh this is god giving me this time i asked for hmm. yeah. you know, i shouldn't have said slap in the face but it was a it was a like a stark realization that that's what it was like yeah and possibly he's given me moments like that all my life and i haven't seen them
0: mm-hmm all the time every day and I think it's so important to just look for those little miracles or those moments of grace every day because they are there and it's only there like I don't think I would have realized it unless I asked yeah um because I realized I mean I knew in my heart that this moment was special just sitting there for hours stroking this swollen cannulated hand and fending off de- demons, but yeah. I, but you know, I could have just laughed it off or just seen it as a nice moment, but I, uh, I, what is it? There is something here that you want me to learn. Yeah. What is it? And he didn't speak to me right away. I had to ask again. Mm. And mm. I think he wants us to be relational. He wants us to ask questions of him and he will answer, to, you know, it may not yeah. be right away, but he'll answer. And that was so reaffirming for me. Mm. Anyway, (laughs) we've got to go. I really have to go. Okay, Um, one one thing. What brought you joy this week? A hundred percent having that time
1: with her and you and mum.
0: Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. Well, mine is um, a song that Anna uh, told me about before after surgery, she said, I've been playing this song a lot and it was uh, Here's My Heart by Casting Crowns. It Mm. is fantastic. You have to have a listen. I'll put it in the show notes. And it was the song that got me up Heartbreak Hill yesterday, running the city to surf. (laughs) It was on shuffle. Yeah, on shuffle. (laughs) And sure enough, as I'm running up the hill, what song should come on? But here's my heart. My heart Mm. was pounding. (laughs)
1: Mm. I haven't heard it, but I will. I'll listen to it in the car now they do good um but I think um just overall as a general topic this vulnerability I think more so now than ever because of social media I think we have to let go of who we who we think we're supposed to be and just embrace who we really are
0: Mm. Um,
1: we have to be vulnerable enough to be ourselves um for ourselves, but also for our children, so they can see you know who the real us is, and it's a real lesson, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, but it takes great courage, but it's well worth it <laughs> mm yeah it, it's so worth. who wants to live wearing a mask totally yeah. constantly chasing your tail you know yeah it's it's not it's not it wouldn't be a fun place to live,
1: no not. Um, and just before we finish, <clears throat> if, um, whoever's listening, if we can ask you just to keep praying because she's not out of the woods yet. She's still in hospital
0: mm-hmm. and she
1: has a long recovery ahead and, um, she's offering it up for so many people. Um, and yeah, if you can just pray for her. Perfect.
0: All right, Liv. You better skedaddle. I better put some foundation
1: on. How put to, some face on. the eyes or should I just go in my just, and...
0: go, just go as you are. You're beautiful the way you are. I oh, tears are good, Jess. I hope so. They are. They're very cleansing. All right. Thanks, Liv. to you soon. Bye. Bye.